0: This is UMass football on WMUA sports. Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the UMass Football Show on WMUA Sports. My name is Kyle Miller. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Oldred. Sean, how are we doing this fine morning?
1: Pretty good. A little gross outside this morning, but excited to talk about some UMass football, some UMass recruits. So, you know, very, very exciting stuff here in the studio today.
0: little icy, but we made it. Sam Kinch is back on the show. Sam, how are we doing?
1: Thank God, Kyle, doing pretty well. It's always pretty gross
2: at this time of year. I was telling you last night, I had to write a rite for someone to slip on ice and hit amber yeah. in the winter. Did that twice last night, so I feel like uh, I've initiated myself as a Massachusetts data, but I'm all set, ready to go talk to UMass football.
0: Yeah, let's do it. And making their debut on the UMass football show, the rookie, Jacob Schechter. Jacob, how we feeling? You Ready?
3: Yep, great to be here with you guys. Can't wait to get this started. Um, Tons of excited new recruits coming into UMass and, you know, just very excited to kick this off.
0: With that, let's get into it. So, last week we started with a quarterback, Gino Campiotti, who I think will be the starting quarterback week one. This week we're going to start it with another quarterback, Chase Brewster. Hanover, Massachusetts native, South Shore, Best Shore, but he did go to the Tilton School. Three-star prospect, 24-7 sports, had him ranked number as the second-best quarterback in Massachusetts. He was all-New England prep school QB of the year, 6'5". He brings good size to the position. I don't think he's going to be ready this year, but there's an opportunity for him to be a good long-term prospect for the Minutemen. Sean, what you think about Brewster? Yeah, Brewster's going to be a really, really good prospect
1: for UMass, and he's a really nice pickup for them. Tilton's obviously um, a pretty good prep school. They produce a decent amount of talent. It feels like almost every year. Having that relationship with that school is important for UMass. Brewster, on the other hand, though, 6'5", 190, good frame for a quarterback. He's, you know, that's a big dude back there in the pocket. See over his offensive lineman, obviously. Um, and he's very, very highly rated in terms of Massachusetts. We've talked about this over and over again, but if UMass can lock down these guys, make them sure make sure they stay you know, in Massachusetts, they come and play for the flagship program, That's really, really important for them. So establishing this, getting a freshman quarterback in, I know there's a lot of, you know, we'll have a lot of QB controversy this year. I don't think Brewster's going to be completely ready, but just go on his Twitter, I think for all UMass fans, and kind of, you know, poke around, look at his highlights. He's got a cannon for an arm. And like I said, he's 6'5", so that really gives him a size advantage over some of the other quarterbacks here at UMass. And he's an early enrollee, so he's already on campus. He's practicing with the team already. That's a good thing for Coach John Brown and Steve Kostula to kind of get his hands on him as early as they can and develop
0: this guy as soon as possible. Yeah, like you said, he's a freshman. But when we talk about it, Brady Olsen kind of stepped into the spotlight this year after Tyrell Lytle got hurt, but you never know what can happen. Jacob, what do you think about Brewster?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that this guy is an athlete. And, you know, big frame and he's, he's really, like, I, I heard Coach Brown talking about him, and he said, like, look, he can make all the throws, and he's got this competitive nature that he just turns on. Um, I agree that, like, look, I don't expect him, you know, especially um, to, to get too many snaps next year. But going forward, if this is a guy who, who, who wants to be here and Coach Brown can really develop into the player that he can be with that athleticism, we could be seeing some great things in the future.
0: Sam, what do you think?
3: You guys, Sean and Jacob pretty much touched on all the big things, but the one
2: aspect of the that I that stood out to me was how he can move around with his legs, how he can, like, make all sorts of different throws. He can make in the pocket, on the run. He can, play flushed out and make a throw. And that spe- speaks to a testament how much of an athlete he is and how cool and collected he is in those situations. The defense can be... There are a few... If you watch his film, there are a few times where the defense is really much collapsing on him and he just makes something out of nothing, which is sort of special to see and very unbeknownst to see, especially at a high school level. And... Again, we talk about there's a the log jam at quarterback for UMass. We can't really expect him to maybe even start this year. But like Jacob said, if they develop him right, who knows? Maybe we can see him competing for the job either next year, maybe even this year. So I'm excited to see what he can do.
0: There is a log jam, but it's a good log jam. You have Brady Olson, so who's young, Gino Campiotti. There's going to be a quarterback competition there. Don't like, I be- I do <laughs> believe that it will be Campiotti, but it is going to be a competition but yet you got Brewster waiting in the wings, getting ready to go, and that's what you kind of want to have. That's it's a you, good problem to have. Yeah, it sure. is a good problem to have. You utilize the transfer portal. You, you worry about the present with the transfer portal, and then you recruit for your future, and I think that's what I'm excited to see. Speaking of another prospect that I'm very excited to see, Dante Wack, <laughs> running back out of Seminole High School in Sanford, Florida. Three-star prospect, had offers from Eastern Michigan, UAB, and Western Kentucky, but chose to go with the Miniman blazing speed with whack sam i'm gonna start with you how did you see dante Wack play
2: dante Wack is an absolute animal this guy packs a wallop of 5'11, 205 and he is so balanced for a guy his size he's so great after contact he's one of the best he's such a good downhill runner and i want to talk about he's from florida don brown really emphasized very much going down the east coast with his recruiting and the fact that they established a relationship with these programs down in florida they can sort of be able to feed kids not necessarily from out students I pity him because he's coming from Florida to Massachusetts. That's a tough transition. It's not going to be fun. But nonetheless, great move by Don Brown. Him and Ellis Mer- Merriweather can be an amazing one-two punch. They're sort of similar styles of running, which is very much what they want to go for. And I'm just really excited. And for guys, 205 to have that type of bleeding speed, that is unbeknownst for running backs like that. Yeah,
0: Sean, what do you think about Wack? I think there's guys
1: that we're going to look at on this list um, from this recruiting class that will probably play right away. I don't expect WAC to be one of them. Ellis Merriweather coming back. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. He's fantastic. I think Karon Adams will also see a lot of him. Next year, we'll see Tim Baldwin, too, a transfer from um,
0: uh, Indiana. Indiana. Indiana, yes. I uh, got the Hoosiers.
1: Yes. So I think we're going to see a mixture of those three guys back there. I don't expect WAC to play a whole lot this year, but obviously he's got a pretty good frame for a running back. You mentioned you know earlier that he's a downhill runner. I expect that to be a good thing, and I think the most important thing that we kind of talk about here is that like This is another good problem to have. They have all these running backs set out. This is going to be a good thing that WAC is going to be able to develop with this offensive line. They're going to be able to grow over time. Um, obviously, Merriweather and Adams only have one more year of eligibility left, so WAC will get playing time down the stretch um, of his career. So I think it's a good thing he kinda gets to sit, learn the offense for a year, and then uh, next year we'll see uh, what he develops into. Jacob.
3: Yeah, I mean I, I do I do think that he's going to get some playing time th- though this year. I mean, Don Brown definitely emphasized that he wants that he's he's looking for guys who are trying to get out on the field and play some football. And I think that, you know, to have a back that very much emulates what Ellis Merriweather was last year and to give Ellis Merriweather a bit of comfort that the whole entire running game doesn't have to be on his back, I think that, you know, obviously there are other guys down the roster, but you know, the kind of prospect that this guy has with that speed and size, that combination that you don't really see too much of at this level. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, I see a very positive future for him in UMass.
0: Yeah, I see the future, too. I do agree more with Sean how it's going to be a bit of a longer road. Nothing against his ability just because the talent that's in the running back room already, Ellis Merriweather, K-Ron Adams, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. In the wide receiver room, though, I think that is an opportunity that there's going to be reps to play. They're, they did get Isaiah Holiness. I think he's going to be very good. George Johnson the third, But there's still a lot of opportunities there, especially with Trey Pettway entering the transfer portal. And I think that's why they got this guy right here, Jaquan Gibson, went to prep school at Palmetto Prep in South Carolina, held an offer from Mercer. Four five forty. He shows the ability to be a really good slot receiver. He has that quick speed, the ability to change direction on a route just like that. Jacob, what did you see out of Gibson?
3: Yeah, um, Gibson definitely um, this kind of speed and the package that he that he um, that he puts together. Like uh, this this whole class has been very much don brown saying i want guys who give me speed i want guys who have you know more of a physical upside and he's willing to 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 sacrifice a bit of size for speed you know i really like a lot of the moves that he did but it does make me think like you know there there has to be a kind of guy who's able to make the throws who are able to capitalize on the space that a guy like gibson can create and you know i don't know if that's necessarily something we're gonna see off the bat sam in an interview with uh with offensive offensive quarter, Steve Kasula, they said this guy is a
2: football junkie. He lives, breathes, and eats football. He's a sponge. He absorbs everything, learns the game, understands the game. And by that, I think he's going to put himself in a position to play early. You mentioned there's very much a hole at the wide receiver position. And Don Brown wants guys, like Jacob said, who want to play, who want to learn, who want to get there right away. And one thing I love about Jokan Gibson, he has insane body control. He can make a lot of typical catches on the sideline, back of the end zone, middle of a field. He's a big play guy that they very much have been lacking, and he can really fill that role well.
0: Yeah, Jacob, I'm glad you said speed because that has been a huge theme throughout everybody that they have signed, not just they have signed with the transfers as well. They want to get guys who can run because if you can outrun the competition, you're going to be looking pretty good. Sean, what do you think about Gibson?
1: I think you mentioned speed being something that this coaching staff obviously has emphasized so far, and I think that's important to know because if you watched UMass last year, it felt like they were really slow, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, nice to see him get some speed on offense. Obviously, there's a lot, lot of opportunities to play uh, in this receiving core. I think it's very much still up in the air on who's going to play. I mean, aside from Rico Arnold, there's really no other... A lot of opportunities. Yeah, there's no other guy that you look at and you're like, all right, that's clearly their wide receiver one or two or three. So... He'll definitely get a chance to probably to play this year, or at least show um, that he's capable of playing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in some motion sets um, that they like to run that they like to run last year. Um, so it should be exciting to see what he kind of brings to the table. Also, you know, nice to get somebody from down south, another North Carolina kid. So you know, good job by the recruiting staff to go down there and pull him. Um, out of the Carolinas. It's like Don Brown saw the new Top Gun movies. like,
2: hey, I got a need for speed now. Yeah, we got a
0: need for speed, and I'm going to go with Jaquan Gibson. Another guy that I'm really excited about. Someone where me and Sean talked a lot about it last week, that plug-and-play atmosphere that you can play multiple positions all over the field. Yes. Definition of that is Ty Harden. He wasn't recruited as a player. He was recruited as an athlete because he could do it all. Massachusetts native. Went to, from Cambridge. Went to high school at BB&N. Don Brown. First day he was hired. Where'd he go? BBN. Two star prospect. Harden racked up awards during his time in high school. First team all New England. First team all state linebacker. Boston Herald all scholastic. His main position wasn't linebacker. He played all over the field. I love this signing. I love a player that could go multiple positions. You want me to play wide receiver. I can do it linebacker. I can do it running back, quarterback. I'll do kick returns. He can even be a punter. It doesn't matter. Sean, what do you think about Harding and the theme of this plug-and-play?
1: I think this is, Harding is somebody that you're going to see on the field probably right away. Maybe it's not you know, offense or defense. I think he'll definitely fill a special teams role just with yeah. speed. Probably a gunner on kickoff, punt returns, that type of thing. Because he does have that experience playing both sides of the ball. You mentioned he played linebacker in high school. He won't play linebacker at this level. He's 5'9", 180. But he definitely could play defensive back, possibly. But I think I see him more on the offensive side of the ball, probably as some sort of slot receiver, maybe a running back. Um, But I think that they're just going to kind of place him all across the field, see what fits him best. Um, And that's kind of the mentality of this coaching staff so far is that we've seen a lot of guys, a lot of the transfers that we talked about last week, these are guys that you know can play multiple positions, they can fill multiple roles, and when you have a team that's coming off of a you know one win season, you need guys that can fill multiple roles. So you know good job again by Jeff Moore, you know getting this kid. and you know Don Brown has that relationship with Buckingham Brown and Nichols, which mm-hmm. is a top top program in Massachusetts. You have to make sure that those kids come and they stay in Massachusetts. We saw that he established this relationship when he was at Michigan. He established it when he was at Arizona. So this is going to be important for him that he keeps those BBN kids in Massachusetts.
3: Yeah, and just to add on to that, like BBN, they're winners. That they, they, that is a champion culture. And like to to bring in, and this is you know a trend that I saw throughout the, this group of guys. They're bringing in guys with a culture of winning, with a culture of, of you know it has to get the job done and. To bring that into a locker room like UMass, I think it's just so crucial to revive the locker room and to give that locker room kind of that spirit that, look, we're going to come out here, we're going to get on the field to win games. And, you know, this guy, he's got the brains for it. He's, 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 he's able to adjust to any position on both sides of the ball. And I think, you know, like you said, even if it's in special teams, he's going to get on the field right away and kind of just take over with that kind of mentality. Ty Harding's an absolute Swiss Army knife. And it's sort of reminiscent of uh, one former Michigan
2: football player, one uh, Charles Woodson. Very much played him all over the field. Offense, defense, special teams, all over the place. And this, I love, like you said, I love guys who play multiple positions. Sort of reminds me, you watch the film, it reminds me sort of like Debo Samuel and how they use Debo Samuel on the field. You can line him up in the backfield, you can line him up in the slot on offense. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And this need for speed is crazy. And I love that they have that versatility on the offensive side. You can really confuse a lot of opposing defenses that way. I'm super psyched about this signing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. Rounding out the offense, you can't forget about the boys up front. The big boys, Tyler Lineberger comes from Chester, Virginia, played for Thomas Dale High School. Two-star prospect at offers from East Carolina, Campbell, and Richmond before deciding to come north to Amherst. Big addition to the O-line. 6'4", 310 pounds, 500-pound squat. 300-pound bench. And I don't know if you guys saw Twitter. Probably one of the coldest photos I have ever seen a lineman take in McGurk Stadium with the hammer. The snow's falling. That is one of the coolest (laughs) pictures I have seen. I mean, I just wanted to shout that out. But, I mean, Sam, how important is it to just get these big guys on the line and just to add depth? You said
2: you're only as good as your offensive line, and that was something that UMass really wanted to address. I mean, this kid is a physical freak such good speed off the edge so good off his feet for a guy that size that is so cool to find and the coaches kept saying that like he is in great shape for a guy a size to have a 310 pound offensive tackle that can move the way he does it's incredible not only for the quarterbacks but for ellis merriweather to open up holes
0: sean what you see at a line
1: kyle you know i love to talk about the offensive linemen <laughs> big uh, offensive lineman i am a big offensive lineman guy i just think you know What UMass has been able to do over the last few months, um, and I want to give all the credit to Alex Miller here because he has done an incredible job um, developing this offensive line from where they were at the beginning of last year to now, is incredible. This is a huge addition for them. This is a guy that Steve Casula and Alex Miller have to get these type of players. These guys that maybe don't have a whole ton of FBS interest, but they've got great frames, you can develop technique, you can develop them into starting offensive linemen for this team. Um, We've seen it so far. Uh, You know, I don't think anybody was really talking about any of the offensive linemen on UMass last year. Um, I don't think any of them were two-star recruits. So, you know, it's nice to pick these guys up, and then you can develop them. You can turn them in to, you know, kind of whatever you want them to be. So I'm excited about Linebergh. He kind of reminds me of Cole Garcia, who they picked up in the transfer portal. I think those are two big additions to this offensive line. When you create that depth, when you have multiple offensive linemen that can play multiple positions, that's you know huge, huge, huge. It's going to help this running game. It's going to help the quarterbacks. It's going to help the
0: offense so, so much. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Alex Miller. Him coming in as the interim head coach after Bell was fired, that's not an easy thing to do, especially after you take losses to URI in Maine. It just it wasn't... It wasn't the best situation for Miller to come in, but he stuck through. He got his guys to play really hard. You saw it in that Army and New Mexico State games. They did not quit on the season, which is a very. That's not, you don't see that from a lot it's of college football. It's an encouraging sign. Yeah, especially when you see that kind of thing. And I'm really glad he stayed on. But, Jacob, what do you think about the old lineman?
3: Yeah, I mean, very. Like, I love the prospect. I love, I love the. You know, that is an area where UMass can really take a guy like Leinberger, put him in there, develop him, and really just help out Merriweather and and just show some fight, show some resilience. 310 pounds of, of wall, and that's exactly what we need.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see. That was the offensive side, but we're going to switch up to the other side of the football with the defensive side. And starting off, Mass native Kofi Asair. <laughs> From Worcester, Donnie Memorial, D2 All Star, seven sacks and sixty-one tackles, edge rusher. But as an edge rusher, he's six-five, which is just—it's <laughs> scary to think about if you got a six-five <laughs> guy and then you have him coming to the line with his hands up. It's gonna be—I mean, I love—he's a this... man among boys. Yeah, no, it's gonna be great to see Sam. What you see about what you see out of Kofi
2: again? Like I said, like he's a man among boys. You see him; he just stands out as an athlete. I mean, this guy is. He's not only a big dude, he's got great length. He can win the one-on-one battles. And when you see his film, he plays like a, with some real fire in him. He has a real passion, ready to get out, get at it. And he's so fast for a guy his size. He gets off the last scrimmage, and boom, next thing you know, he's pounding you into the ground. He's an exciting player to watch. I think he can be an impact player on this defense very soon. In.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see what he can do. And, I mean, with 6'5", you have the ability to bring him down to a D tackle. Maybe put him on the line, put his hand down. Sean, what you see out of a Sarah?
1: Yeah, this is going to be an exciting pickup for Coach Brower on the defensive line. Um, Especially, first of all, the only two schools that really had real interest in Asare were UMass and UConn. (laughs) So winning that battle with UConn is... It's big. It's so big for so many reasons. If you can take those kids and you make sure they're not going to UConn and they're coming to UMass, (laughs) that's... That, that's huge because they're, they're, they're the biggest rival that UMass has right now. Easy. The programs are in very similar situations. I think they're both on the come-up. I think they both made very different head coaching decisions. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how the programs develop. But obviously winning any recruiting battle with UConn is huge. You mentioned he's 6'5", 215. I mean, that's kind of size speaks for itself. So, you know, I kind of watched some of his high school film. He's pretty violent off the edge is kind of the way I would describe him. Um, I think his technique needs some work, but they can get there. I have total faith that, you know, he's going to come here. He's going to play for Coach Brower on the defensive line. This is somebody who, you know, was here. He was an All-American when he was here. Um, you know, I think that's a great fit for UMass. I think he's going to love it here. And I think he may be a year or two away from seeing real playing time, but when you have that type of size, um, there's always a chance for you to get
0: on the field. I'm glad that you said they beat – UMass beat out UConn because – after the two losses to URI and Maine, there was a fear of how are you going to get recruits? Because if you lost to two teams who are FCS, how are you going to get recruits assigned to you? And this is a big step. Now, I'm not saying everyone who goes between UConn and UMass are going to go with UMass, but this is a step in the right direction. Plus, like I said last week, you want to own the block. you got to start in your backyard, and that's what they've been doing this recruiting class, and it's been very impressive. But from Worcester, we go to Boston with Jalen Murphy, defensive lineman or linebacker See Another guy, multiple positions, went to Everett High School, held offers from Army, Columbia, URI. Was a Boston Herald preseason all-star. He lived up to it. Went for seven sacks last season. Jacob, what would you see out of Jalen Murphy?
3: Yeah, Jalen Murphy, great finisher. You know, this guy, this guy plays the play through. Um, and he can do multiple things. You know, you could you could have him pass rush and you could have him drop back as a Sam linebacker. You know, you could have him play a little bit of zone. And to have a player who's got that toughness, who's got, you know, two dimensions of play here, I mean, that's a real utility tool there. And, and to put a guy in there and get that job done, I think it's something that UMass definitely sees a lot of potential for this guy to grow in many different ways.
0: Sam, what you think?
2: Don Brown has been upping this deep. Just taking, is trying to take this defense to the next level. He's a defensive guy, and we see with a lot of these defensive guys, he's getting there's very much uh, a silver lining. It's the speed, explosiveness, and being able to win the line of scrimmage, being able to make get explosive plays. He's got a great motor, good hands, and he can just be an absolute force at the linebacker position. You can use him in a lot of different ways. And don Brown is don't not didn't, is not called Doctor Blitz for nothing. I expect to, for him to unload Kofi Asar and Jalen Murphy on opposing quarterbacks in order to wreck their lives.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be great to see. Sean, what do you think about Murphy?
1: Uh, I think Murphy's a pretty good prospect. You know, he's got a good size. You know, obviously love to see the Massachusetts kids stay in Massachusetts. But I think one thing that I want to point out here, too, is, you know, they beat out URI, which is another, you know, state school in New England, similar size. There's a lot of similarities between UMass and URI. The biggest difference being, you know, UMass FBS. URI is FCS, but winning those, you know, battles with regional rivals is always important. You know. And I think one other thing that's telling about Murphy is like he had an offer from Columbia. This kid is obviously very smart. Army, I mean. An army, yes. <laughs> Ivy League schools and army don't, you know, pursue kids that can't cut it with the grades. So I think that's one thing we've kind of seen across this recruiting class is that you have a lot of kids who had interest from Ivy League schools. You had a lot of kids that had interest from high-level schools. You know. Murphy also had interest from Northwestern. These are incredible, incredible schools. So you know, getting those kids, you know, smart football players are good football players. So you know, when you have kids that can cut in the classroom, it's one less thing that the coaching staff has to worry about um, when you don't have to worry about these guys making grades or that type of thing. So you know, excited that they're kind of able to pull those kids in finally. Um, you know, and UMass is an incredible education. So these kids that are really, really smart can come here. They can get a world-class education at UMass. Um, so great pull by the coaching staff, by Don Brown. Excited to see Murphy in action this yeah. year. Yeah,
0: to go off the back of that, there were multiple guys who were all academic Big Ten. So they've been, I mean, the mental game is just as important as the physical game. If you understand the mental, it's it just gives you such an advantage on the field. And moving on to the next player, Jalen Stewart, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania native. Went to Freedom High School before going to Monroe College in New York. Three-star prospect. is a 12th-ranked linebacker in Juco. I mean, he was also used a little bit of kicker turns. Not a ton. He had about three or four this past season. But the potential is there. Sam, I'm going to start with you on this one for the New York kid. What you see out of Stewart?
2: New Rochelle is in my backyard. I love that they brought the kid in. 6'1", 225. He's very light on his feet. He can move so well, but also really just get off the line and pack a punch. And the fact you can have a guy that can move around the field with such ease at that size, it's so good to have on your defense to know that, like, say the running back's going to the side field, he can just track a guy down. There are multiple plays in his film that
3: he did that. He's a very versatile linebacker, and I think he'll be a great fit for this team. Jacob. Yeah, three-star recruit linebacker. Always exciting to see. And when I was watching him, I kept on thinking exactly what you were saying, Sam. Light on his feet, and that's the kind of you know energy that you want there. Um, in addition, kind of just to go back to what we were talking about before, you know, with a lot of kids making that decision to come out to UMass, you know, people really kept on saying, and Don Brown kept on saying that a lot of these athletes are really just also impressed with the the facilities and and impressed with look here is a place where I think. I can put my career ahead of me or put my football playing ahead of me and really make the most of it. And I think that here's a facility where you could really make the most of it. And, you know, getting guys like this is very exciting. It's something that, you know, Don Brown and the coaching staff are really excited to see happen. And it's great to watch.
2: Yeah. Don Brown said like he wants guys with good character. He made that perfectly clear. He says in all of his interviews, he did give me your character first. Then we talk football.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see what we got out of Stewart. Sean, what are your opinions on the linebacker? Jalen Stewart
1: is somebody that can play, I think, maybe right away. Oh. Um, Stewart, Stewart is probably the best linebacker prospect, and I, I think, in this group that we saw, except for we'll get to Aaron Alexander in a minute. But Jalen Stewart's really, really good, and I think he's physically maybe a little more ready than some of the other guys. Um, watching his film, like he's really pretty good in zone coverage. He's good in man-to-man. He's good on the edge. There's a lot of positives in his game that I really, really enjoyed watching. And I think he's just maybe he's a year older than everybody else. He's a Juco transfer. I think that is really going to help him um, in terms of getting on the field this year. Obviously, there are some linebackers coming back that were pretty good last year. Deshaun Ross, Terrell Johnson. These are guys that aren't going anywhere. Um, so it should be interesting to see that they recruited a lot of linebackers. They have you know this interest in the linebacker position. So there's a lot of guys there. We'll see who ends up on the field come you know september but i definitely think he has a shot to play this year um so i think that's exciting for all umass fans is this somebody that's going to come in and make an impact right away
0: yeah stewart linebacker core showed a lot of potential they're very young last year deshaun ross as you said before Jarrell johnson stewart's gonna have a chance to add on to that and i want to talk about a defensive back right now this is the person that i'm the most excited about UMass fans, I told you about Marcus Bradley last week. I want you to remember this name. Cornelius Wright from Miami, Florida, went to Columbus High School. Three-star prospect, had big-time offers coming out, including Coastal Carolina and FAU, but chose the Minutemen. The reason why I like this kid so much, he used to be a linebacker, the body of a linebacker. But he started playing track and field in high school, worked on a speed enough to be able to play in the secondary, which is a scary, scary thought for opposing wide receivers. Sean, how do you like, do you like Cornelius as much as I do? I don't know if I
1: like him as much as you do, but I definitely (laughs) think it's a great pickup for UMass. Obviously, you mentioned he had offers from Coastal Carolina, who, you know, the last few years has been one of the top programs in all of college football. Maybe the most successful um, example of taking the jump from FCS to FBS, something maybe UMass should try and take notes from. Um, but obviously it offers from Colorado State and App State and FAU, like you mentioned. He, I think the biggest thing with him, though, is, you know, we're going to talk about this more because there are more recruits that they got from Florida. But the ability from this coaching staff to go down to Florida and pick kids up is impressive so far. He's from Miami. Um, which is a hot spot for you know college football recruiting. Every coach makes trips to Miami. When Miami, the University of Miami was dominant, they got every single kid from Miami. I think it's important that UMass is kind of able to go down there, and they don't have to get every kid from you know Miami or Texas or California. But the fact that they're able to get some of them, pick some of those kids up, is a big deal. Obviously, those kids play against top level talent week in and week out in their high school season. They are playing against guys who are going to go and play at the next level, go and play D1, go and play in the NFL. So I think, you know, when you pick one of those guys up, you kind of have the idea that maybe they're a little more ready to play right away. Um, And I think watching Wright's film, he's he's pretty good so far. So I think, you know, he's going to come in. Obviously, defensive back core is solid, but I think, you know, losing some of the guys they lost, he'll definitely have a chance to play um this year and i definitely think he'll play a lot on special teams jacob
3: yeah talk about speed for size like this guy this guy is that and and it's again great to see that they're able to go down in miami really have a presence enough to pull a guy out of there like this and i love you know how they're using the entire east coast to to scout guys and he's an exciting guy i don't know if i would be as as um if i expect to see as much of him on the field um In terms of just next season immediately, but I think that you know he definitely has the potential to to really get his role here.
2: So he's so Cornelius has come from a very very strong program in the front of Miami Columbus. his two time state champions, and he played some maple snaps as a sophomore in that Miami Columbus that won a a title. And this guy is an absolute ball hawk. It has also has the speed to get out in the run game. His versatility that he's not just he's so multifaceted. He can cover probably your one of the best receivers on the team, but also like blow up a run play, which is some this versatility. Could, we keep talking about how we, UMass has a lot of versatility on defensive guys that can do a lot of different things, and Cornelius, right, embodies that. But I'm sort of with Sean. I don't expect him maybe to play right away, I think, because the defensive backcourt is already strong as it is. I think maybe give it a year, and he can maybe challenge a guy for like a, de- a starting spot next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the, with the depth that UMass has in the secondary I don't think it's going to be tomorrow that Wright will take the field, but I mean he will. Give him a couple years of seasoning, he will be ready to go. The last prospect I want to talk about is probably the most interesting considering how he got here. Aaron Alexander, Belleville native, committed to Michigan, had offers from Eastern Illinois in Marshall, but then chose to decommit in favor of going with the Minutemen, a three-star prospect. Sean, just not even as Alexander as a player, who is a very good player, the ramifications of how you can get a decommit from Michigan to come to the minute, man.
1: All right, so let's paint this picture here a little bit. Michigan is coming (laughs) off their most successful season in a very, very long time. Jim Harbaugh has finally, I think, gotten that program to where Michigan expects to be. They made the college football playoff last year. Um, You know, they won the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State finally. They did all the things... That they had to do last year Um, and it was really really impressive to watch and if you're a kid that comes from michigan or you a kid that comes from basically any school that has big time um power five football from their state university that's kind of what you grow up watching he's from michigan he has watched kind of the way michigan has you know developed and grown and then he decides to commit there which obviously you know jim harbaugh good recruiter good coach and then he flips that commitment to UMass, which I, I think it's probably the only commit that, you know, in the history of recruiting that has ever flipped from Michigan to UMass. Um, but I think this is a very exciting thing to see is that Coach Brown has established these relationships with players where he's going to be able to pull them out from big programs. He's going to be able to say, even if you have a kid that maybe commits somewhere, Don Brown's not going to stop. He's going to keep recruiting no. that kid. He's going to keep going <laughs> at them. It's going to see it all the way through. So picking up Alexander from Michigan is huge for them. I think it kind of shows other recruits like, look, there's something going on in Amherst right now. Like, maybe I want to be a part of that. And I think that's what's so exciting about this flip. You know, obviously, it's the University of Michigan. They're a cornerstone of college football. Like, I don't know. How else to put it? Because it's such a big deal. It's hard
0: to wrap your head around. It is.
1: <laughs> so I think, you know, it's very exciting for UMass to get that kid. I think he's going to come in. He's he's going to play next year, in my opinion. I think, you know, he's got, he's 6'1", 205. He's got great size and speed. He can really cover the whole field. I could see him playing inside linebacker. I could see him playing outside linebacker. I think, you know, if he put on some weight, he could edge rush. Like, He's kind of, you know, like we've mentioned so many times, he can play multiple positions, which is so valuable for UMass. But, again, the most important thing is that the fact that they were able to flip this kid from Michigan – and you know maybe let's look at future recruiting classes. Maybe they're able to do this again. You know with another big time program and another big time recruit.
0: Alabama yeah. recruit flip. I know.
2: I
1: know, know, I know.
0: Going all the way to the top. <laughs> I know Jeff Moore just got hired, but he already deserves a raise for this. I mean, agreed. Looking at this, it's just it's crazy to think about, especially where UMass was this past year. They had a one in eleven season. This was not a team where recruits are really looking to go here. And yes, Don Brown helped with that, but it still was an uphill struggle. This is a great sign. This is a sign that the tides are really changing here. And I think you can see that with this, with this pickup, but I want to ask you guys out of all these recruits so far that we talked about today, who do you think has the biggest potential? I'm going to start with you, Sam.
2: Biggest potential, biggest potential. I think Kofi Asari has the biggest potential in my opinion. He's a guy. One thing I love about him is that I talked about how much passion he plays. He wants to play. He's ready to get out of it. Has a high motor at every play. And, the physical stuff that will always be there, but the mental—we talked about the mental game. He seems to have that down. He's ready to get after it every play, and I think he's a guy who could potentially see playing time right away.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I like Kofi Asari too. I think you know, look look at look at the the physical strength of that guy, and, and tell me that he can't do something in the UBS, in, in in that position in the roster, but. I think Dante Wack has an extreme upside. I mean, we saw how productive Ellis Merriweather was this past year and how much he was able to get done. And, you know, that was that was him being developed over a couple of years. But to take Dante Wack and to maybe kind of train him to be the next Ellis Merriweather, I think that, yeah, right now UMass has a lot of running backs. It's a good problem to have, but... When his time comes, I think he will make the most of it and really exploit the opposing defense with his speed and size. Kyle, I know there's a lot of recruits, and I know sometimes we can't get to all of them, but I want to
1: shout out Jeremiah McGill right now. He's a safety that's coming in. He's from Hollywood, Florida. This is another guy that UMass won another recruiting battle with UConn with, which, in my opinion, if you can beat UConn, that's you know, rewarding on so many levels because, you know... They're the biggest rival UMass has right now. Also beat out URI, App State, FIU, Georgia State, Utah State. He's six o. six foot, hundred eighty five pounds. He plays safety. He kind of reminds me for college football fans out there. If you watch Kyle Hamilton Mm. from Notre Dame this year, that's kind of who I he reminds me of. He's got great coverage skills. He can play up in the box. I think he's the guy I'm most excited for because you kind of look at the safety spot for UMass right now, and you've got Tanner Davis there, obviously a leader of the defense. I think there's a lot of opportunity to play um, at the safety spot. Aside from Tanner Davis, that area is kind of up in the air. So I expect Jeremiah McGill to play a lot soon. um, And I think he may be the guy that I'm most excited to
0: watch this upcoming season. I think he's got a lot, a lot of potential. I'm going to have to go with the quarterback, Chase Brewster. I like the way he plays. He's very good in the pocket, but he can move. He doesn't have the athleticism as say Gino would have, but... It's enough so he's able to move and run. He can throw on the run. It's, he's going to be a pretty good choice. But for potential, what about right now? What about next season? Do you see one? What is one prospect you see that could start next season? Aaron Alexander's going to play
1: next year. I'm going to call it right now. You're going to lock it in. I'm going to yeah. lock that in. I'm going to lock it in. I am
0: going to lock that in i lock it in
1: i do not you know what role exactly he fills, but Aaron Alexander will have some sort of role on this team next year, and it's going to be on the, like, more than just special teams. He's going to be playing on the defensive side of the ball. And he's going to be good for this team. UMass has, you know, a fairly young uh, linebacker core, but he's just another guy that they can kind of fit in there. They can have, you know, they're going to have multiple, multiple weapons um, at the linebacker core, which is something that Coach Brown wanted to do. He emphasized, you know, recruiting linebackers. So, you know, you've got Deshaun Ross, you've got Jarrell Johnson, you've got some guys like Najee Logan um, and Dante Schofield, who maybe didn't play last year, but, you know, you're looking at it and you're like okay we're gonna bring in a three-star recruit he's pretty highly ranked um in terms of in his state and by his position so i think he's gonna play next year and i'd be surprised if he didn't jacob
3: yeah um that, that's definitely why you come from michigan to umass to get on the field and get that playing time so i definitely agree with that um i also think that we could expect to see um i think we could expect to see jalen stewart out there a bit i think that he definitely has a lot of potential he's you know coming with three-star recruit and can really add to that linebacker position and you know solidify that role
2: i want to i want to also lock in something i think joan gibson will definitely see playing time this season like we said the wide receiver position is very much wide open and i think he's a guy that they we talk about john brown gets guys who want to play this gibson seems like he wants to play we talked about him being a sponge and he puts himself he's putting himself in a position to play i think he's going to come prepared ready when the time comes next season
0: My pick, Ty Harding, just the ability to play anywhere on the field is going to help him out. There's going to be some sets where, you know, you need a guy who might be a fake on a jet screen where you might need him to fake a wide receiver, be a running back. He's definitely going to get in on special teams. He's just someone who can play all over the field. And in today's era of football, you can't get enough of that. And that's why I'm very excited to see about Ty Harding. But before we're off the air... We can't be a football show and not talk about the Super Bowl. This Sunday at 6.30 p.m., Los Angeles Rams go to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Sean, I'm going to start with you. First of all, I just love this matchup in general. Like, I think it's two very likable teams. And where do you see this game going? I agree with you. You know, awesome matchup.
1: You know, for anybody that knows me, I am a huge Joe Burrow fan. And I have been, you know, since he was at LSU. Um, So... I, I really want to see the Bengals win, but they're going to have their hands full with Aaron Donald, Von Miller. That front seven for the Rams is going to cause lots of issues for them. Um, so it kind of comes down to the offensive line of the Bengals. If they're able to hold their own, I think the Bengals have a shot here. If you know, Joe Burrow ends up like Patrick Mahomes in last year's Super Bowl, it's not going to bode well for the Bengals. But if I had to lock in a score right now, I'm going 31-28 Bengals. Oh. Joe Burrow lights it up, and uh, Jamar Chase is Super Bowl MVP. Joe Shiesty getting the
0: job done, Jacob. What do you think about Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, I think it's a very, it, like you said, likable matchup. I was rooting for both of these teams to make it. You know, I, I love to 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 escape Detroit like Stafford did. He really deserves this at this point in his career. And you have a bunch of motivated guys like Odell and 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 a full roster but the pressure's on them the pressure's on them because this is their year this is their time to get it done and for the Bengals, you're playing with house money you, you know it's it's amazing that they made lose. it far and they've got a whole future ahead of them to make the most they can with joe burrow um i think that the Bengals are definitely going to stay in it they're not gonna they're not gonna um you know trail too hard especially given the way the past couple of games how contentious these games turn out to be in the end um but I think final score, I'm going to lock in 28-21. L.A. takes the win there.
0: Takes the win at home. Sam?
3: For me, what I love about this matchup,
2: guys, Evan McPherson jersey sold out last week. This is why you draft a kicker. This I is why mean, you this draft guy, a kicker. This guy has ice in his veins. I love that there's like this emphasis on special teams, how important we've seen that throughout this postseason, and both these teams have emphasized that. But McPherson and Matt Gay coming in clutch for their teams throughout this postseason. But overall, I just think... Joe Burrow got sacked one time last week, and the offensive line was able to protect him, but he was also able to do stuff with his legs, which is something we don't typically see from him. But nonetheless, I think that if the Bengals secondary needs to find a way to make plays against this Rams wide receiver core. they got to find a way to contain Cooper Cup, which is near, nearby impossible, and just keep Odell Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby in check. But nonetheless, I think Matt Stafford has a heck of a game. It's sort of just the culmination of in a sense, even a coronation of what he deserves. I think the Rams get the job done. If I had to lock in a score, I got to go 35-31 Rams.
0: High-scoring game. I yeah. like this Count the over, people. No, I like the over. Over <laughs> was like 48 and a half. I like the over. Pound but the over. Anyway, with these two teams, the Bengals here have nothing to lose. They're playing essentially on the road. The game's in SoFi. Joe Burrow's been playing lights out. They weren't supposed to get here. This is a team that had the worst odds in the AFC North. And now look at them now. But the Rams are really tough to beat. When their best players play really well, they're virtually unstoppable. And the two biggest X factors in this game are Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. Playoff the,
2: Von Miller. Yeah.
0: The, the oh, offensive oh. line is the weakest part of the Bengals team. The rest of it is very good. But if Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller can get to that quarterback, it's going <laughs> to be a long game for Joe Burrow. I mean, you saw what happened against the Titans game like three weeks ago. They single-handedly almost lost them that game. And... Here we go again. We'll see if they can do it. But on the Rams' side, on offense, Odell, I feel so good for him being able to do what he can do. (laughs) Finally showing out. Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers. Hold up. Cam Akers (laughs) tore his Achilles like five months ago. And he's back. He's playing. He's doing everything he needs to do. I'm just really excited. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Bengals are going to stay in it for as long as possible. But... My final score is 31-28. Rams are going to win. Matt Stafford finally gets his ring and gets his first Super Bowl MVP.
1: I can't believe I'm the only one picking the Bengals right now. No, it's a tough I think I
0: hear some Giants fans crying somewhere about Odell winning the Super Bowl ring. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Browns fans probably ain't going to be too much happier either. (laughs) But any other thoughts before we head off? Uh, I think one thing, you
1: know, we are a college football show, so National Signing Day was last week. I think we should talk maybe a little bit about... Who's at the top of that board? Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class in the country. Um, They came in with seven five-star recruits, which is almost unheard of. Jimbo Fisher's doing a really, really good good job recruiting down there. Uh, Alabama came in at two. No surprises there. Georgia at three. Ohio State at four. And Texas at five, rounding out the top five. So just kind of interesting there. UMass, for anybody curious, ranked in at 112. So not really, you know... Competing with those type of schools, obviously, their transfer recruiting class came in at fifty four which was pretty pretty impressive that is pretty impressive for the Minutemen but you know I think it 's interesting kind of to see who 's at the top of the board now you know obviously you know when you look at the top five, they kind of have um, you know these brand name brand recognition obviously but a and m going to be scary next year uh, they 've got a lot of potential, but obviously you 've got all those SEC schools not far behind them so should be interesting, you know, as college football kind of goes on. The 2023 recruiting cycle is now started, you know, for everybody else. So, you know, Coach Brown will be back on the recruiting trail, in I'm sure, no again soon. Yeah, you know. <laughs> there's no days off. In, it is in college football. It's impressive, you know, to see him and the recruiting staff just travel pretty much everywhere, up and down the East Coast. They're in Massachusetts. They've hit four high schools in a day in Massachusetts, and then they go to Florida and to Miami. They hit four high schools down there. So impressive stuff there um excited to see what happens and arch manning if you're curious and coming to umass i'm sure uh, i'm sure coach
0: brown will take a visit with you too yeah i think i think he could find a place in this offense for him <laughs> jacob sam anything else
3: we're going to a&m so however scary they are we'll see it for ourselves
0: we'll see, yeah <laughs> we'll see the number one recruiting class in person sam any last thought before we head out one thing that i thought is
2: guys was super hilarious about the whole recruiting thing so ellis LASU coach, I guys saw this on Twitter. Brian Kelly did a video to Youngboy Never broke Against Music on a 360 battle with tight end Danny Lewis. It was a recruit. The next week, He he, he flipped to Alabama. I mean, that is the funniest thing of all time. That is just like an absolute slap in the face to Brian Kelly. And like Nick Saban just like slithers in and does it again. I just think that sort of culminates what college football does. Like, no matter what, you gotta be you can't you can't do better than Pam you
1: ain't doing something right.
0: Ever ever since Brian Kelly faked the Southern accent, it's just been it's just been downhill <laughs> for him. He's we're, from
1: Everett. We're an anti-Brian Kelly. No, we are, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. We are an anti- He's
0: from Everett. He's, he's from, from Everett, yes. He's from uh, Everett Mass, and he is sounding like it's it was kind of just mind-blowing to watch and I'm kind of glad. Good for Nick Saban. Good for Alabama. (laughs) But with that, that is another episode of the UMass football show. Thank you, Jacob, Sam, and Sean, for coming on as always. Everyone keep it tight. Keep it warm. One last last plug here. Thursday, there
1: will be the UMass basketball show. I'll be on it. That will be Thursday, 1130, 91.1 WMUA. We'll talk
0: about uh, the struggling UMass basketball team. The struggling. (laughs) But as always, keep it warm into winter. And as always. Always take it easy. Sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You wanna be where you can see The troubles are all the same